You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, Royce Unchained here. I, I'll be honest, I thought, and I think, I can't remember which one of you other guys had this one in your picks, but I thought this was going to be a classic letdown game against the Saints, that the Josh Dobbs magic carpet ride would would hit a wall, but it kind of did in the second half offensively, but man, he might just be good, Pat. He might just be better than your journeyman <laughs> backup quarterback. He can run, he can throw, he's smart. Yes, and uh, our coach really wanted – our coach uh, talked immediately about the asset of immobility, and then, as Judd pointed out, he tried to back off that a little yeah. bit because yeah. he knew it's not, he it was – not necessary. Uh, but, he was uh, trying to get the Kirkies. He didn't want to get the Kirkies too upset. But uh, he, uh, we have seen the future here. I don't know if it's him, but it's going to be a quarterback who can move. Uh, it, it, it's, it, you know, it just makes life so much easier. And then you don't get nearly as many much whining about the offensive line as people have have had a tendency. You know, every time Kirk is well, not I, let's say that the the Kirk bandwagon shifted about two years ago. Before then, everybody else was kind of down on him, but then it became every time he had a bad game, it's because he got hit four times. Well, every quarterback gets hit four times unless he can run away from them. Right. So. Uh, it's uh, you know it was uh, but it was uh, it was O'Connell telling us uh, this is the kind of quarterback we want. We're not sure we're going to tie our wagon to Josh for the next five years, but we want a quarterback who can move, and that's uh, that's uh, and so does the league. Basically, uh, everybody around the league is looking for a guy like that. That's why some of these guys like Josh Fields get overdrafted because they can move, and uh, Trey Lance, virtually you know. Talk about a guy overvalued because he could move a little bit. What three number ones, and now he's a now he's a third teamer in Dallas, and uh, you gave you're still paying the price for trading for him. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a revelation to say the least. And uh, uh, the, he's he's being assisted though by a much wiser defense than we uh, than uh, Kirk was uh, playing with last year. I mean, they went after uh, Carr and uh, knocked the hell out of him and got him knocked out of the game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, even, even if, even with Tom's playing the way he did, if the Saints were moving the ball at all the first half, it wouldn't have been that bad, you know, but the, the defense took, took them out of the game completely too. So they're, uh, all of us, Judd and I were talking about this yesterday. They're better than they were last year when they were wherever the heck their record was at this time of year. This is a better yeah, team yeah. than that. But that was last year. What what were they? What were they after ten last year? Were they nine, were they nine and one? Nine were they nine and one? Something like that. Eight and two, nine and one. Yeah, they were they hadn't lost many. But they're better. But I do uh it, they're gonna have interesting ball games with the Lions after watching the Lions. Uh uh, they're going to lions are now a strictly an offensive team. Uh, they, you know, they, they basically had to go for it on fourth and two from the what 
40, 40 or so, not or the 35, because they didn't want to kick a field goal and go ahead by three with two minutes to go. They knew that two and a half minutes to go, they knew they were going to lose. They knew that the Chargers were going to come down and score a touchdown. So they, uh, they had to, I mean, you got to give Campbell credit. He's got, He's got large ones on him, that's for sure. But uh, it's, uh, you know, but he was smart enough to know, hey, we can't stop him. We got to do something here. So it's it's fun to have somebody chasing you, though, isn't it? Have, have some, looking down the road, looking ahead of a game here. You know, the Packers are now that the Packers come to town, it doesn't make any difference. They stink. It's not you need somebody to be good. And who would have guessed it's going to be the Lions? For goodness sake, not me. Yeah, it's yeah. it's awesome. Go ahead, Judd. Enjoy it while, while it lasts, too. But I think Campbell learned, too, Pat. If you recall, it was the game last year that was here in which mm-hmm. he in which he tried to – I think he went for it on, like, four fourth downs throughout the course of the game here, mm-hmm. made them all. And then do you recall at the end of – near the end of that game, he tried to kick a field goal. He missed, and the Vikings went down and scored. So yes. I, I, I think he might have learned from that, too. Which is which is you know if you're gonna have big brass ones, keep it mm-hmm. up the entire game. Don't back off when it actually matters the most. He might, and in the modern NFL, uh, fifty seconds is a long time. It, uh, I mean, they, these teams get in the field goal range and uh, you, you know, kick them from fifty-five yards. If you go ahead with fifty seconds to go by two points against almost everybody, you're going to get beat because they're going to have some guy come out and kick a 55-yarder with three seconds left on the clock. you gotta, you got to put them away. you got to bury them, else uh, you can get beat now. In the, you know, and last year, the Vikings were example A of that, that you, 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 you had to stomp them into the ground, else they were going to come down and uh, something good was going to happen and they were going to win the ballgame. So, uh which, of course, as we've said a hundred times, is the secret of the modern NFL. You don't know who's going to win until it's over. But uh, it's a, it's an odd year, and uh, we now have the biggest flop in the league is the Buffalo Bills, for goodness sakes. They lose at home to the Denver. They were, you know, I, I was out there last year for a day, and they were, this was like Bills dynasty time coming now, and they're, how many lost at home now? Four or something like that. They've been terrible at home. They've been terrible. Yeah, well, they're uh, two. They've lost two games at home, but they're five. They're five and five on the season now. Yeah. Ooh, boy, I'd hate to. Uh, I'd hate to be out there. All of a sudden, they're not having that Josh Josh Allen parade anymore. That was. Uh, but De- I mean, Russ. I I didn't watch a lot of the game. I watched some of it. Russ is terrible. He can't That's move bad. anymore. He can't run away from people, and he still comes back and beats that team. It's bad. the the Bronco the Broncos aren't good. They just kind of chunked their way with little checkdowns. And there was there was a play toward the end of the game where, you know, the the so the Broncos around the edge of field goal range and and driving to kick a game winning field goal. Yes. And uh, McDermott dials up two straight zero blitzes where they send everyone. They got Russell Wilson for a sack on the first one, so they said let's do it again. And so Russell takes the snap two steps, like literally just leans back and throws a bomb down the field. It was probably 15 yards short. And so the defender like crashes into the wide receiver as he's looking yes. at the back. He's, he can't throw a deep ball anymore. Like he used to, he can't no. move, but there's somehow they've Sean Payton has gotten this team back to four yeah. and five 
So yeah, we were having a lot of all the Sean Payton haters were having a lot of fun when he gave up seventy this year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's it's not a walkover Sunday night, but I still like the, the way the Vikings are playing. I still like them to go out there and win. Yeah, Denver's not the Vikings that good. are better. Yep. If I told you guys in September, if I had pulled you aside in September and said, get this, the Vikings are going to play the Broncos in that Sunday night game. The quarterbacks are going to be Russell Wilson against Joshua Dobbs. And, oh, by the way, Dobbs is going to be the better quarterback. Oh, yeah, into you that would rather game. have. You, you would have been drug tested. Have, yes, yeah. You would much rather have Josh Dobbs. you got to give Seattle credit, man. They, 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 knew it, they knew he was fading, and they said, we don't care. We'll take 32-year-old Geno Smith and put him back here who's never played so we can get rid of this contract. And, uh, you know, they're, it, our guy is kind of the second coming of Geno Smith, except Geno wasn't, I don't think, as, a, as much of an athlete as him. But the background is, I mean, Geno was like written off completely for a longer period than this guy was. And uh, mm-hmm. but when he started some games for the Jets, eight years ago or something. And then he hadn't played basically. And now he's the other, I heard him being interviewed on NFL radio the other day and they, they brought up, yeah, you're throwing some interceptions and blah, blah, blah. And he said, I don't know. We had 400 yards passing or something like that. You know, he, he said, so, or we put up over 400 yards. He said, so uh, we're, we're not too worried about it. Yeah. Anyway. Do you th- I mean, G- Gino is, we've kind of used Gino for, for people wondering, you know, what is, is there a future for Do- if Dobbs keeps yes. playing this way? So G- Gino Smith had that one big year last year and they signed him by today's quarterback standards to a pretty discounted deal. He makes $25 million and it's like two mm-hmm. years kind of guaranteed. He's the 18th highest paid quarterback. So they can still afford to go out and do stuff in free agency. If Dobbs yeah. plays well and he wants to sign a Geno Smith contract while the Vikings look for their their actual quarterback of the future, I don't know that that would be the worst thing. I don't think you'll get the worst. I don't think you'll get that much, though. Do you? Is he what? What's his contract situation? Do we know? He's a free is agent. He, He's a free he agent. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, well, obviously, a lot of it depends upon how this thing plays out, right? If he keeps playing like this, yeah, somebody will come. Somebody, the Jets would take him. The Patriots would oh, take man. him. Somebody would yeah. take him. Yeah. How about Matt Jones, man? They'd rather have Zaki or whatever the hell is it. Zazi or whatever. Zappy. Zappy. Nobody, Zappy. Ever, yeah. nobody ever heard like of hot this. Sauce. They'd rather have this guy play who's never played. He wasn't even good in college. And they'd rather have him. What a way for Belichick to go out, huh? Wow. This is it for Bill. Yeah, yeah, he's done. He's done there. He might end up. He's 71, isn't he? He's, I think he's older than that, isn't he? Is that right? Yeah, well, why why didn't he just hang it? What's he want to, you know, he's got more money than God. Okay, you're right. He is 71. Did you see that video, by the way, that's going viral on uh, social media where it's some beach house and and Bill Belichick is caught on the ring camera shirtless walking out of this beach house it's some sort of some sort of like booty call or whatever he's a player he, he's a player <laughs> he's like walking to his car with no shirt on in the, yep. in the morning <laughs> well i love the fact that when they they did the life of Belichick on the nfl he said uh well they, they're gonna show him what he does when he relaxes so they showed him playing around a round of golf all by himself 
you could tell he didn't couldn't stand it. He was like played nine holes and one was out there walking by himself. I don't even know if he had golf shoes on. He was just, you know, playing nine. It was a blustery day. He was miserable, but he was going to show, they were going to show what he does when he's not, not, not involved in football. Nothing. That's what he does when he's not. Maybe yeah. a booty call. I don't know. He's Once a, in a while. Is he currently married? I'm not sure. He, I, he, he has a girlfriend, I think. I don't know I, I, yeah, I think it's the girlfriend thing. I don't think it's. Yeah, his uh, last listed it's... spouse was Debbie Clark Belichick, and they they were married from 1977 to 2006. Yeah, oh, she got, really? She got left for the secretary, right? And, uh, I mm-hmm. think she got. Le- I think she got left for the secretary with the page. Uh, a secretary with the Patriots. Okay. When you're winning Super Bowls, you can mess around with the secretary. When you're not, uh, then you can get then they can use HR calls you and fire, and then then they can run you out. That's uh, that's for sure. So I'm looking at Bill Belichick's coaching tree on uh, on on Wikipedia, and it's it's really bad. And and Josh Josh McDaniels is the the latest failure. But they list uh, Kevin O'Connell under the coaching tree because he was a player under Belichick. No, he is uh, on the coaching tree. He is not on the coaching mm-mm. tree. He's you got to have guy. been an assistant for a guy to be on the coaching tree. And their problem is, as his coaching tree's problem is, he was so damn good, they didn't have to be any good. I think I always thought when he was at the top of his game that he's standing on the sideline, shielding his eyes from the sun, saw more than anybody else who's looking at hours and hours of tape. He he was brilliant, I, I think, as a coach. He was uh, just uh, unbelievable. Now he had the quarterback, but he, you know, he made this quarterback. Brady could have came into the league and never played if it wasn't for him. You know, he was a sixth-round draft choice, and he had Bledsoe. My friend uh, Ron Borges was a columnist at the Boston Globe, great guy. I remember him writing a column playing going with Brady in the playoff game, the first playoff game, instead of going back to Borges was the stupidest decision of all time, you know? And then they had the tuck and then uh, they won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. They won the Super Bowl. after Bledsoe, the tuck, right? Bledsoe almost dying was the greatest thing to happen to Bill, because <laughs> if you remember, I think it was against the Jets. He took that hit. And, and I think in Oregon, I think he had internal mm-hmm. in injuries and that's when they were forced to play Tom and that changed everything. When were we out there, and uh, we were out there on a, a, a just just a regular season game when Bledsoe and the Vikings had a real good team, and Bledsoe passed for like six hundred yards against yeah, them or like something. And, and they, I think, and I think Moon, they had to Warren go to Moon. overtime to win it. They had to they go did. to overtime to win it. But he was—I remember yep. standing in the end zone because we we had us come down in overtime, standing in the end zone before they redid Foxborough was a dump. And uh, they they scored right in the end zone in front of us for like, you know, that that was a bad Denny loss. That one was that ninety five way back then. I think, I think it was, was ninety four. I'm I'm going through because I remember watching that game as a kid. Well, when they, was, here it was it was yeah it was nineteen ninety four. It was week yep. week eleven. They lost twenty six to twenty in overtime. The Vikings were the Vikings were seven and two going into that game. Yeah. Oh, and uh, they jumped out. Vikings are up twenty to nothing in that game in the first half. That's why I remember. And they it, did yeah. not score again. The Patriots came all the way back. Yeah. Who? Who? I have no idea who would have been coaching the uh, the Patriots back then. It was. Uh, yeah, you do. I think you do. College know. guy, wasn't it? College. Barry. Was it? Bill Parcells was coaching the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That year. What? 
Really? Was that? Wasn't that oh, his when first he came year? back? Yeah. yeah, when he came back. That's right. So then he left God, for the Jets. The box score. So Warren Moon threw for 349 in that game. Mm-hmm. And then Drew Bledsoe threw 70 passes for yes. 426 yards and three <laughs> touchdowns. And uh, who did we? The, when we got lit up for a huge number of passing yards, the, there were references back to that game. It was the most ever thrown against them and the most ever yards for them. And uh, yeah, I, I remember that. Track it was unexpected because Foxborough was uh, the Patriots were stuck out there in the woods and uh, you know the, the not no development around it at all. It was I think it was the first time I'd ever been there. It was a you were saying God how they end up stuck down here. That was it a Dungey defense, right? Huh? I think that was Dungey's defense as well. I think Tony was the DC back then. Yeah, he was still here, right? Wasn't he? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway. That was, uh, that was a, uh, you know, he was the, he was the future. Well, he played a long time for him, for sure. Bledsoe, he could, he could, mm-hmm. he could sling it, but he was kind of, he was a little more mobile than Kirk, but he was, uh, he was kind of a standing target, a great big old guy. Kind of a similar, a he was, I, w- I would say Bledsoe was like early to mid nineties Kirk and that he was going to yeah. give you, you look at the numbers, like, wow, this guy's lighting it up, bunch of yards. But every year his team was like nine wins, maybe ten mm-hmm. wins. Um, just uh but just yeah. didn't didn't quite have the same juice to no, his team. No, he didn't. That was they were but we, we gotta remember before Belichick got there, what a god awful franchise they were traditionally. I mean, they were they they popped up and went to that Super Bowl, got their lunch handed to them. Tony Eason was a time. Tony Eason was Eason. Yeah, Tony Eason. And Ra- Raymond Berry was the coach. Yeah, and uh, I covered that uh, Super Bowl in New Orleans, and Eason got, you know, the, the Bears defense. They hit him about six times in the first quarter, and he said, no, thank you. And poor Steve Grogan had to come in and play the last three quarters and get that crap knocked out of him. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the Bears skit, the SNL Bears skit, is basically a documentary about that uh, back that that team Duh, was un, yeah. unbelievable that they only won one Super Bowl with that defense. It was the damnedest thing of all time. I was to two straight NFL championship games down there. Phil Simms, one of them, and Dieter Brock yeah, was the Rams. quarterback for the Rams. And Dieter damn got killed. And with the Giants game. The wind was blowing so hard, the punter missed the ball. It was yeah. the, the punter missed the ball. Sean Landetta, was it? Sean Landetta, well, was it that was. the That's punter? That's a great ball. Great oh, punter. Sean Landetta missed the ball. This is all you need. The Bears are roaring and coming at you, and now you give them the ball at the 20 because you missed the ball on a punt. What beatings those were. Drunk, vile, happy Bears crowds. It was a, it was the worst place in America to come in and play football. Of course, we, we all remember the Archie Manning, the, the photo. I think it was a St. Paul paper he got the photo, and maybe not Minneapolis, but his eyes are rolling through his head when he gets sacked, and he stayed in the game. Uh, you know, he got sacked 11 times that day, right? Yeah, and nobody else wanted to go in, but they got a picture of him with his head rolling, and you know, it was his That's eyes are rolling. And they said, ah, get back out there, Archie. None of these other guys want to play. And just, just roll him back, just prop him up like uh, 
Probably he was with Tommy and uh, Tommy was there. Who else was there then when he was? That was the Steckel Art, season, right? When Paul Art, yeah, 84. Well, Wade Wilson had to be around too. Kramer was probably hurt by then. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. That's one. That's another one when we're talking about, I'm going to try to do something on tw- Vikings backup quarterbacks glory. Not when they switched because they wanted to, but when the quarterback got hurt, you know, Tommy got hurt in 87. Wilson hadn't played at all. He'd been here seven years and hadn't played at all. They put him in and he made that run. And then, uh, then Bernsey, Bernsey was as loyal to him as, uh, you know, he loved Tommy. So it was really hard for Tommy. He, he was like Zim trying to get on the Bernsey trying to get on the Wade Wilson bandwagon was Zim trying to get on the Case Keenum bandwagon. He just couldn't <laughs> do it, you know. I just pulled up the stats from that game you guys are talking about in 1984. So, yeah, Archie took 11 sacks for 101 yards. (laughs) Seven different Bears players had at least a sack in that game. (laughs) When was uh, what what day? When was that? What was the date? It was Sunday, October 28th, 1984. That was about the time that the whole roster said, we're not playing for less anymore. If I... If I stub my toe, I'm not going to play next week. Uh, you know, and uh, by the end, it was, uh, you know, if if you'd played football within 100 miles of uh, the Twin Cities, you could get a job with the Vikings by the time that that season ended. They <laughs> the were drill sergeant, The drill sergeant thing on the first day of training camp is one of the all-timers. Oh, yeah. And he showed up in the fatigues and basically tried to put the players through a and um, eight, training. He, he also at one practice ate chocolate pudding out of a diaper to show him how yeah. tough he was. Oh, oh God! Yep, he did. Oh, he was insane. <laughs> he was insane. He wasn't a bad guy. I mean, but he just was nuts. Wong had the worst line ever. He said, uh, "Wong, who by the way served not in Vietnam, but he was in the military during that era," said uh, he he. Uh, Les talked about leading men into the jungle, and you know, and Wong said he didn't tell us how many he let out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> We're all going in. Who's coming with? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Good that talk. was. That's the only that and Les. You know, Les that year, that awful Les. They have had, you know, in sixty-three years, they have had only eight or ten. What? completely inept teams, right? I wonder if you went through, it'd be a, you know, that, that they haven't been, they have been, they have been really competitive. And starting little, with Bud, a, Pat, a it's incredible. Better than average. When Bud was bad, they were still mediocre. You know, right. they would, when Bud, after, after the wheels went off in the late seventies, they were bad, but they were still, you know, they were still mediocre. The periods of, Oh my God! Did they stink? They didn't have twenty years like the Packers did before uh, Farb showed up, where they stunk. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and the Lions, yeah. they didn't have. <laughs> uh, let's see, fifty-seven to now, whatever that is. How many? Twenty-three, uh, sixty-six years of being rotten, like the the Lions have. Yeah. I guess we can't blame the Lions fans for being out out over their skis on this team because it's been a while. Yeah, they des- they deserve they deserve a chance to to get crazy. Pat, we gotta we gotta run here, but we'll do it again uh, Thursday and Friday with you, sir. All right. Well, uh, know more about our woofies by uh, that time we do that. 
Yes, Everybody we will. Watching that. Everybody watching that game. We got. We play tonight, right? Game tonight, right? First, this is the second uh, second uh, in season playoff game for the Wolves. Let's do you it. You beat those guys twice in a row in their home court. Then people are going to go a little goofy for sure. Steph Curry's could. questionable too, so you might you might just get a oh, walk right. in this game if he doesn't play. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. See you, Jim. All right. See you, Pat. All right. Uh, yeah, Steph Curry. I don't know what uh, is it like an ankle, knee. I don't know back. Whatever it is. Steph Curry, maybe should uh, call the folks at Summit Orthopedics. Whatever type of pain you're dealing with, they've got some help for you. No referrals are needed. Same-day appointments are available. If you're really hurting, Summit Orthopedics offers walk-in urgent care, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., seven days a week, 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. You can learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com.